Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and happy new year to all of you. Welcome to a new year of the Song Facts podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan, and as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. So a little story here. A little over a year ago, I was scrolling Facebook, as you do, and I saw a couple of ladies jamming to Pink Floyd's Wish You Were Here. Well, it caught my attention, to say the least, and I went into a bit of a wormhole of all their amazing videos. You should certainly check them out, too, after listening to this episode, of course. Megan and Rebecca Lovell make up the core of Larkin Poe. They play bluesy rock and roll with sugar-sweet voices and harmonies. Their covers are amazing, but when you listen further, you realize they are tremendous songwriters as well. Really, just the full package. Recently, they paired up with New Deco Ensemble, a flexible and innovative hybrid orchestra, to make a unique and new album they've titled Paint the Roses, which is available now, So please enjoy this conversation with Megan and Rebecca of Larkin Poe along with Giacomo from New Deco Ensemble. to me and afternoon to you guys I think um how about we just start out by why don't you guys introduce yourselves and then let us know what you're most grateful for today Ooh, I like this my name is Rebecca I'm the younger sister of Larkin Poe today I am most grateful for technology to be able to bring us all here together today sis what about you my name is Megan, and today I am grateful for my sister. Um, we are, Aww. you know, embarking upon a journey of creating new music, so I'm just really, I'm really thankful for her and her great ideas. My name is Giacomo Byros, and gosh, I'm grateful for so many things. Um, one is to be surrounded by such incredibly talented, beautiful, wonderful, warm human beings that I get to collaborate and make music with, and then have... Lots of discussions with after. <laughs> Great. 
Uh, well, my name is Corey. I'm sure nobody really cares, but I'm grateful that you all are here chatting with me about the <laughs> lovely thing that is music. Amen. Nice, nice. Now, Megan and Rebecca, I kind of was telling you about this before, but I've been a fan of you guys for really a couple of years now. Um, just badass women playing rock and tunes with a bluesy feel, and you had me at a yes from the beginning. And Initially, I was seeing your versions of these amazing classic songs that you cover that got my foot in the door. Um, but you guys are also amazing, phenomenal writers. And the new album that you have that just came out is Paint the Roses, which is a live album. And the standout cover is The Foot Stomper Sometimes one, by Bessie two, Jones. One, two, three, hey. I went down yonder sometime, I'm living with the law. Sometime bound for glory, sometime we're gonna see it all. Sometime just get on board, sometime I'm gonna fill my sack. Sometime I tell my honey come back. Sometime I'm gonna wrap that jack. Sometime no time wasting, sometime they come and get your fill. Sometime no time wasting. So Megan, why did this song work so well for you all to play with the uh, folks over at New Deco? We recorded this song um, a while back and it's um, just a beautiful stomp and clap, clap tune. And um, her, vo her version is just amazing and so live and the energy is just palpable. So we wanted to take the song and kind of and put it on the record. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a, an idea for having a, a middle section that kind of veered away from just acapella vocals and claps. which set us up perfectly for going in with New Deco um, because it involved a horn section. Mm -hmm. um, uh. And of course we don't tour with a horn section, unfortunately. unfortunately. Um, so we were never able to do this song live un until we worked it up with New Deco. I, I really like that. So it just kind of comes down to a situation where maybe you guys had some noises in your head that your normal touring band didn't cover. So that kind of brought yeah. in this ensemble. It's true, yeah. Um, I mean, in a roundabout way, this is Rebecca as well. And we started producing our records in 2017 and it really served as such a great jump off point for us to really pioneer creatively new directions for, for us as a group. And so on our record, for instance, Venom and Faith, which featured our original recording of Sometimes, being able to stretch out and have fun and ride a horn section and dream big um, really allowed us to expand our boundaries. And then when an opportunity to collaborate with New Deco came down the pipeline in 2021, we're so, in 2020, excuse me, we're so lucky that they you know, pursued us and asked us to be a part of their incredible live performance series. Um, it was just a perfect hand in glove situation where we had a, you know, a song that had a brass section and they had a killer brass section and fireworks just took off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Giacomo, I'm just, she touched on a little bit, but I'm wondering if you can um, tell us a little bit about the new Deco Ensemble, because this was my introduction to it, which I'm so grateful for, and then how this collaboration project just came to be. 
Yeah, well, we are uh, a hybrid chamber orchestra where our tagline is we're Miami's 21st century genre bending chamber orchestra. So, you know, we'd like to believe and try to put forward the vision of what we think the orchestra can be for the future and for now. Uh, we want to be as relevant as possible, compelling as possible. We want to transform and enrich lives through education and also bring audiences and artists from all kinds of backgrounds together to kind of meet in a very, you know, communal space. And uh, we want to be an access point to people like Larkin Post fans who've never been to an orchestra or people who love the orchestra or the symphonic institution and then hear Larkin Post and go, oh my gosh, what great artistry that can be combined. And so the sort of big overall picture is we believe the orchestra has no boundaries, walls or ceilings. There's no real limit to the styles or genres or musical and or collaborative performances we can do. And that goes beyond just music, multimedia, you know, DJs, all kinds of different things we think are, are possible with the orchestra. We just want to reflect that in our programming and our performances. So that's who we are kind of in a nutshell. And then, you know, uh, Larkin Poe was something that, uh, to be honest, I, I wasn't a, uh, you know, this wasn't a genre of music that I would throw on Spotify and just listen all day long. I mean, I love different artists and different artists from blues rock, of course. I respect the history of Americana and where they came from and, and the people before them, et cetera. But it just wasn't a genre that was in my comfort zone. However, our our newly minted manager at the time, Andrew Lee from Red Light Management, is like, man, you guys got to check out this duo. Check out these girls. They're amazing. They're making noise. They're so good. Blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, they're listening. I was like, wow, man, they're really great. Great energy. Great folks. And, and, you know, one of the perks was they had this incredibly engaging fan base that was like, you could tell it was a very fervent, like, engaged fan base. And, in fact, I think they were the first uh, – <laughs> I, I want to say they were probably the first musical group that we felt had that kind of a fan base. And they were the first blues, you know, uh, rock duo group that we've ever collaborated with. So there were some hesitations for me um, in the beginning, wondering how that kind of sound, how kind of that kind of volume, all that kind of stuff can work with the orchestra because the orchestra is acoustic you know we have strings you have violins you have woodwinds yeah. you have brass and we amplify everybody and we have a certain sound of course and we do have a rhythm section but even so it's like you know there's a nuance that goes back and forth between all artists mm -hmm. on stage and i just was curious and wondering i was like oh is this going to work with you know heavy metal not heavy metal but heavy like you know metallic sounds rock sounds lap steels like the whole thing well they got mm -hmm. on stage and I can't remember the first song we've done. We've told this a lot. I'm sorry for you guys, but there was a song. I can't remember the first one right now off the top of my head, but I remember within like 20 seconds, I looked over at Sam, looked around. I was like, this is going to be great. Like they just got it. They got the whole experience. You know, they have a background in classical music and their early education that sort of supports the idea of, of playing with the orchestra. So they just really got it. It was so beautiful. And they knew how to nuance what they did with what we did. And we knew how to blend with them. So, being at the first blues rock performance that I was not sure within 20, 30 seconds, I knew this was going to be a spectacular thing. And low, and like I said, afterward, you know, after that first rehearsal, we were all just like in the stars going, Oh my gosh, this is so special. And then the concert was special and the recording was special. And then, you know, it's just been an A plus um, collaboration from the moment we heard about them until today, you know, it's just been really great. A plus, A plus. A plus. Yeah. You got a, you got a check mark and a star guys.
I love it. And I'm sorry that I had to ask like the most basic question, but it's good to like set the groundwork before we start diving into the stuff that I'm truly interested in, which is the devils and the details. I got to ask, because you didn't do anything with a rocky or bluesier band like this before, did you guys use something like, I just got done interviewing a guy who wrote this amazing Metallica book. So I had to not ask him every question about Metallica S&M, which is my favorite Metallica album was that like I would assume that something like that would have or could have been a north star for you guys as on this journey is that was that there at all for, for me it certainly was I mean I find uh this is Rebecca again I know for folks who our voices Megan and my voices are very very similar so we try <laughs> to let people know which of us is is Thank chatting you. it up but yeah I think that that you know that incredible album Metallica with the strings it's it, it shows you what's possible. Because again, as Giacomo kind of touched on as well, sometimes when you're, when you're attempting a genre blend, you don't know the success. You don't know if it's gonna, if it's gonna work, if you're gonna find common ground. And so I think at this point in our career, having a very firm grasp on who we are musically, that we exist within the roots American, blues rockin', Southern rockin' realm, you know, of, of possibility, hearing how that blends with the orchestra, it was really moving and really exciting. And, and I do think that being able to have a pattern laid out by other rock bands who have collaborated with a string section, you know, it, it really just kind of got our taste buds working and we were super excited to, to try it out, to get in the kitchen and cook something up. Yeah, well, it really worked well. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can go with it. And I think you, you guys just executed it brilliantly and it, it's not always going to work, right? So the fact that Giacomo saying that within 20, 30 seconds, he was like, Ooh, he got something here. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and just, go. just as a, as a note really quick, like I do think um, there's such a charisma to new deco ensemble that I, that Giacomo, absolutely. You, you kind of like whip people into a frenzy. And so the energy was so beautiful on stage, but someone who's not here, Sam Hyken, he wrote the arrangements. And I think that so much credit should be laid at the feet of Sam for having written the arrangements that absolutely created the puzzle piece connection between our songs and Udeco. So just wanted to okay. lob that little bit of love. <laughs> yeah, no, let's just lob love and gratitude all over love this it. interview. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Let's dive into a couple tracks. Um, I've been loving the music and really the lyrics to mad as a hatter i know what time is time is a thief it'll steal into bed and rob you while you sleep and you'll never feel it it pulls off the covers rifles through your head and then you That opening line just kills me. And I just got to know, what's the lyrical inspiration behind this track? Yeah, uh, Mad as a Hatter is one that we wrote probably 10 or what, 17? Yeah. What? So, a little over 10 years ago. <laughs> That's so crazy. As, as, uh, as the cookie crumbles. And and our, our biological paternal grandfather, he dealt with schizophrenia in his life. 
And mental illness was a conversation that I think has had a lot of prevalence in our family. Um, and something that as we've, you know, toured with this song for the last, you know, decade, it has afforded us the opportunity to have a lot of really honest and touching conversations with strangers. You know, we play shows in cities around the world and you get to make new friends. And this song is, has, has served as a really important opening line um, to discuss mental illness and the role that it plays for a lot of people. And, and from my own journey in writing the song, um, knowing that mental illness ran in our family and, um, and, and also I think having a bit of an understanding how challenging it was for our grandfather to live the majority of his life without a diagnosis, that there was a lot of mystery and a lot of like unanswered questions that the whole family was processing. It, it just uh, created some unrest that I needed to address in writing the song. And it really served as such a great um, release for me individually and has served as such a great uh, connective tissue between us and our fans over the years. And being able to finally find a way to release this song, mm -hmm. this performance with New Deco is so, it's so magical. And it really, it really unlocks this new space for the song. So I hope that, you know, people will enjoy this recording because it means a lot to us. Yeah, well, that's good. I didn't realize that there was so much depth and the fact that you're thinking about this concept of time, like you were at 17, wow. <laughs> I think I just oh. thought about that yesterday. Oh God, as um. if, as if, but thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, it's really incredible to like, it's because it's such a big concept to wrap your head around. And I, I like, I don't think that I would have been developed enough at 17 to have pondered into that, but probably by the time I was in my mid twenties. Um, <laughs> okay, so you guys did something with the, with this live album and everything that is probably my favorite aspect of music, which is dynamics. And, um, specifically the song every bird that flies the only one that's hurting is the only one alive you wonder if it's worth it been burned too many times lay down in the tall grass look up at the sky suddenly you're free as every bird that flies every bird that flies and I'm going to get to the question in kind of a roundabout way here, so bear with me. Um, the song takes me mentally to this old, dark music venue. There's not one specifically, but just, you know, the few dozen that I've been to in my life. Sticky floors, the bars in the back, everyone's kind of out in front of the stage. Maybe the room's too big but there's just, it's just got that kind of like dive bar venue feel to it. And I don't know why it brought me there, but that's when it do. But then you guys add in these dynamics and then I picture this crowd as soon as the song goes silent, just hanging onto every word. And I just like, it got me into this like Jim Morrison during playing the end in the late sixties type of feel where like the band's barely even doing anything. And he's just like sitting there and they're just like, oh my God, Lizard King. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so to start, ladies, I just want to ask you, what was going on when these lyrics were put down? Because these are really interesting lyrics to me as well. Uh, first off, we're new friends and we don't, we don't know each other, but I love you, dude. That was, <laughs> that was such a great journey. Thank you for setting up the question like that. That was a great like little window into your soul. And I like it. I like the view, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we wrote this song actually with, um, with a, 
a, someone we would never, we don't typically do co-writes actually. And this is a song that we, we ended up co-writing with a really incredible songwriter um, outside Nashville called Pat McLaughlin. Okay. And so the, the day, remember like when we wrote this song, we were like, yeah. we were just driving out <laughs> into the country and driving and driving and driving. Very like, rural. where are we going? Mm-hmm. And then we got to this, this incredible songwriter's property, lives out in the sticks. And um, he takes us out on this little dirt road and we're like, dear Lord, please let this not be the end of our story, you know? Um, and he has his writing room and it was such a cool day. And he is such an insightful writer. And again, I think just based on who we are as individuals, the conversations got deep and, you know, we started talking about my favorite, you know, conversation, which is existential crises. And, and he just had some really cool things to say. And we started just painting some really fun pictures and, and I think that those lyrics on the record are actually some of my favorite because yes. I love that it takes you to a sticky, dark venue. And for, for me, it takes me to uh, Alice in Wonderland, whatever the, like the, was the caterpillar on the mushroom? Is that what you And he's to? like, take a bite <laughs> of me. And, you know, the whole exchange. So I just love it. It's, it's definitely a song that takes you on a journey to destinations unknown. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, Giacomo, how does you or the ensemble or whoever is, coordinating bringing in the um new deco into a song like this how do you guys take me behind the scenes on how you guys figure out a best way to fit into something like this because i don't think to me it lends itself i mean you guys and your original recording of it you just layered what sounded to me like a bunch of guitars and stuff and Mm -hmm. so as a orchestra coming in it's like all right let's cut these guitar layers and then fill this with a string section and a horn section and all that and I'm wondering how you get there when you originally hear the first version of the song well I have to mention I as as was already mentioned about Sam Hyken my co-founder and artistic partner with New Deco he is quite a genius arranger and I know that some of the things he does is he likes to listen to a lot of different recordings of the same song and he tries to also go for like live recordings because those are usually the most authentic versions of an artist, both in their vocals and whatever instrument they play. And he can usually pick up like what's really happening. And obviously YouTube now you can kind of see what's happening. So that's that's a great benefit. Um, but I do know, and we both do this together when we are looking at guest artists and when we do listen to their music, is we try to find songs that we feel will be elevated and elevate us as well by combining with an orchestra. So sometimes it could be a, a really beautiful song, but maybe it just doesn't really show the versatility or the dynamic nature of the orchestra so well. So we'll, you know, and maybe, you know, a guest artist will really want to do that song, but we'll just feel like it won't, of all the songs that this this group has, maybe it's not going to be the one that's going to best highlight what this collaboration will be. So that's kind of the thought process mm-hmm. going into choosing like songs. And, and we all jumped on the phone well before the collaboration and, and had that discussion and talked about yeah. some of those things. And that's, you know, Matt as a Hatter, the one you mentioned earlier, was definitely a song that we wanted to do for sure, not only because we're obsessed with the song as much as their fans are, but uh, you know, it wasn't something they had recorded before too. So there's always like lots of pieces to the puzzle mm-hmm. on the why. However, Sam's really good at like just kind of hearing what the basic outline of a song is, all its different versions, and then just kind of coming up with, you know, the, I don't want to say background because we never like to be a background backup orchestra. I think a lot of orchestras that do pops that are maybe a classical symphony and they do a pop spying show with a group here and there or whatever. 
I think they get frustrated because a lot of the arrangements are real potato notes, you know, just kind of sitting on whole notes and there's a really loud band playing and there's a drum set in your ear and it's kind of a turnoff for them. We like to make it very holistic. So we just try to find the most engaging way to flesh out the harmonies that are already there. So, you know, when it comes to guitar, they're playing chords and playing harmonies. They can, we can separate that out with the strings and make it have a whole new different feel without changing overall big picture um sort of concept it just makes me want to do a full episode like a nine hour episode on arrangements within orchestras because mm-hmm. i have no idea how that creative process even starts and just you t- opening up that window just a little bit my brain is just going in the <laughs> same direction that it did when i heard the song and took me to that dark divey venue yeah yeah <laughs> this it's... thing has a motor it just doesn't stop guys yeah <laughs> No, it's amazing. You should think about meeting up with Sam at one day because the, the not only is he great at like helping to elevate guest artists that come and join New Deco and taking their music in new directions, but he also is a big fan of contemporary artists in general and reimagines their music in these suites as well. So hopefully one day you'll get to chat with him. He's He's got quite a talent for this. Um, one more time. The album is Paint the Roses live album. It's out now. And my last question for you guys, because I don't want to keep you too long because it's such a beautiful day and I think we should all be able to go enjoy it. Um, where Were there any unforeseen challenges or opportunities for growth that came about due to this collaboration for any of you? And when I say that, I mean more like unexpected. Like there's things that you can, like if you go on vacation, you have an idea of what that vacation is going to be like. And then all of a sudden <laughs> your cab ride from the airport to the hotel gets into an accident and you're stranded <laughs> on the side of the road and somewhere in Mexico. And you're like, well, this wasn't what I expected, but here we are. Like well, that I kind think, of thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think inherently the fact that Paint the Roses is here is quite a great surprise because when we first began the collaboration, between Larkin Poe and Nudeco, the intention was to have a singular live performance. It was coming out of COVID and we had a COVID safe performance that was just a live stream. And it was an incredible evening. There was a few people that were there on site down in Miami at the beautiful Bandshell, home, home turf of, of Nudeco. And, you know, it just went so beautifully. After the, after the fact, we all had so much fun and it felt um, somewhat transcendent that we decided to check the, the tapes um, and check the, the board recordings from the show. And we were all kind of bowled over by the energy that was captured and the spontaneity and really how good it sounded. Like, I mean, sometimes, you know, live performances, particularly when you're not, you know, super, super well rehearsed because we, we only got to make music as a crew for technically a day and a half. Mm-hmm. So it went shockingly well. But I was going to say this, this also is a great learning experience for us about how to think about a live recording, because we've been, we've been producing our, our Mm -hmm. studio albums for the past few years. And and this was definitely new for us kind of coming into a situation where there's um, these raw files Mm -hmm. and and how to, how to think about putting them together into an album, because you receive the album, the, the files, and it, it actually isn't, doesn't sound exactly the same as, as, 
from the board recordings you know mm-hmm. we we um shaped them to, to to sound good for the for the album so yeah. that like that was an amazing experience to go about mixing it and and presenting it for for a record yeah um that it was a fun process but definitely very different than our usual process and time intensive and shout out to roger allen nichols for his his diligent work on mixing, mixing and sculpting this into something really really beautiful for sure yeah cool anything for Back you joko I'm probably going to say the same thing. I don't think we all thought an album would come out of this, but I knew after the performance that this was something special and it was going to be hopefully an album. I was already like pushing it that night. I was like, <laughs> we got to release this. We got to release this. this <laughs> and, you know, and we we want to strike while the iron's hot. And uh, I think that's something we learned actually from talking about learning opportunities is that the more you let things linger, the less energy flows toward that thing. So where your focus mm-hmm. goes, your energy flows. And you know, that project and that concert, well, it was a concert first, then became a project, uh, it just went way beyond where we thought it was going to go. It is done, you know, obviously the fans are reacting to it and really loving it. It's brought a lot of uh, Larkin Poe fans and listeners over to us and what we're doing, which has been really exciting. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we also learned that, you know, there is no style out of bounds, even though we claim there wasn't we just hadn't tried them all yet you know and this was one we got to do mm-hmm. that that was uh showed us that we could do it and you know ultimately it it you know one of the things i we all learned and i think sam and i've been saying this a lot to you guys and this is for both megan and rebecca is that you know their professionalism their team's professionalism their overall just chutzpah and just lace up your boots and get the work done and do it and get things you know, just like the way they've gone about handling their business and taking care of them, something is, is something that inspired both Sam and I. And um, we've tried to adopt a little more of that sort of professional attitude across our team and everything we're doing. So there was a lot of really takeaways that were super positive. Beautiful album that we're, we're all very proud of. Very well said. Guys, thank you so much. I loved what you said about the combination of focus and energy. And Mm. I'm going to take heed of that. And I'm going to focus my energy on making this collaboration have a gig at my favorite venue in America, Red Rocks. Yeah, let's go. Let's make that happen. Amen, Corey. Yes. So I'm going to just put that out there in the universe and we're just going to see what happens. And, you know, if I find a string to pull, I'll I'll fucking pull it. Pull it. Yes, sir. We... I, I know I, I'm going to venture to think that I hope they feel the same, but we all want to get on the road and do some, make some noise. And we all want to play in venues together. And, you know, it's hard. This, these days are hard right now with, you know, you know, I mean, you guys went through it. I know you guys recently even went through your own spell of everything. So it's the minute we can make all this stuff safely happen and, and there's a, there's a time to make it right. I know we would, we'd love to do it. So Red Rocks, here we come. That's what we're talking about. Guys, thank you so much to all three of you. I'm so grateful. And go have a lovely day. (laughs) Thank you so much. So good to see you all. Yeah, likewise. Good to see you guys. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 All right. Thank you to Megan, Rebecca, and Giacomo. This album is fantastic. I hope that you all go listen. And I'm just so excited to be back podcasting and bringing new music to your ears. As always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.